Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another week of the Quaddy Potty presented by the Mock Sports. My name is Mitchell Cashmore and as always joined by Nick Highland. How are you, mate? Yeah, good mate, good mate. Another decent week of racing. Hopefully the weather stays nice for Saturday. Uh, yes, definitely, because we don't want it to be like last weekend, do we, Nico? We'll touch on that very quickly, as we always like to do. Uh, gee, it was an absolute slop fest, almost like the autumn slop fest that we got used to for a while back there at Randwick. Uh, scratchings galore, leader bias galore because of the... Uh, all of the rain that came down, we definitely didn't uh, account for it in the uh, the weather and track report last week. We knew there was some rain coming. We definitely didn't know how much. We said it might have tipped into the heavy 8 range, and it tipped into the heavy 10 range. Basically, punters, if you weren't watching, uh, with every race of the first four races about, they downgraded every single one because the rain just would not stop. It was relentless, and it uh, really neutered a few of our tips and a lot of the favourites went down as well because it was just if you weren't a leader you had no chance we saw it in the um the Kelmsford stakes which we will touch on in a minute but yeah do what did you think of the card yeah look it was um it was pretty bad no good horse no good races i guess you could say um and just really watch anything that was that good and it was pretty hard to tip tip your genuine winners like we um i think we went Pretty close to nude in the end. I don't know how many we actually backed, but yeah, um, it was it wasn't easy. But um, yeah, that's that's racing. So we go again this week, and yeah, yeah, that's why it's so important. Like we say in the track report every week to monitor the track bias because I mean, if you were paying attention to the track bias, you probably did collect on the weekend because you just would have backed leaders all day. But of course, us we record this on the Wednesday night, bring the early money and early mailed to the punters try and tip them in advance so like a, we accounted for soft heavy eight and that's just racing sometimes you've just got to pay attention on the day um like you said we almost went nude but uh uh last week i went nude i bounced back this week i had two while um you had one um i had cadre du noir and eduardo they were some of the easiest watching you'll get very very impressive runs from the both of them uh, you had a military expert down in Victoria, also a very strong run. But I just want to get your thoughts on Eduardo especially. You didn't really seem to think that he was going to get up. Of course, we didn't see the Masked Crusader Eduardo clash like you were predicting because Masked Crusader was scratched. But off that run, it was pretty impressive for such an old horse carrying that bigger weight on such a heavy track to still blitz him like that. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think maybe it beats the strip down the line or still not good enough? Just general thoughts on Eduardo. Oh, yeah, look, um, I really, like I said, I didn't back it during the race for probably just the right reason. And um, if it wasn't as wet, I reckon it could be a different race in my opinion. But leader, coming into the leader bias, into the race, wet track, just stayed in front. And it looked like the only horse that was really running in that kind of um, wet. So fair play to it and always always is thereabouts. Um but, yeah, nature shapes just on a different level, in my opinion. And um, uh, that's just me. Yeah, fair enough. It, it, he's the measuring stick for a reason in a Australian sprinting. Um, uh, Nash Willer will have to miss the next start for Eduardo because of the uh, two-week suspension that he faces. Uh, Brenton Avdala jumping on board. Do you reckon that's the right move? 
Oh yeah, it's it's not going to make too much of a difference. I I believe, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Like you said, you'll strip all the way, so you don't. Doesn't really matter in your opinion who's on it if uh, strip's still going to blitz them. But um, talking Everest snap dancer, we touched on it uh, last week. It's uh, got a slot. It's in the Everest. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Wait and see, I guess. It's proved itself on the big stage. Um, can do it again, I guess. But, yeah, just not to the caliber of how I'd like to like to think up some of those horses in that race. But um, we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. A couple more runs to touch on from last week. Um, Surefire. Gee, we were very, very keen on uh, Surefire. Um, at least I was. Had it as my best of the day all around the place. But then, um, yeah, just didn't hand of the ground at all. Also missed the start. So, you know, I think the intentions were to take it forward because of the bias. But once it missed the start, just got bogged, was never catching up to the leader. Knight's order, excellent run. Used the leader bias to perfection. Jumped, kicked, grabbed the rail, went all the way with it. Very similar to its Sydney Cup run earlier in the autumn, even though it was double the distance. So... Very interesting to see where that horse goes next. And if we're going to keep getting wet tracks, which it is predicted to rain for the next few weeks, it can definitely win a few more with the leader bias sticking around. Um, well, after that, though, I've forgiven Surefire from that run. Have you? Are you still going to be taking it going forward or have you jumped off? Nah, you got to forgive that run. Um, Mr. Start, so, yeah, just is what it is. Just probably gets back with a with a... Better track, but yeah, misses the start, and then with the heavy track, just can't get to where it needs to go. So, um, yeah, give it another run when it sees. Um, but yeah, it'd probably stay away from it during the wet track, in my opinion, from now on. So, at least we know that. Yeah, it's looking like next start will probably either come not this week, week after, in maybe the two thousand meter Kingston Town Stakes. Maybe if not, it'll definitely be racing on. Um, Epsom Day, either in the uh, Metropolitan or there is another 2,000 metre plus race that day. The name is escaping me, but it will definitely be racing that day in the lead up to the Caulfield Cup a couple of weeks later. But um, final question I'll pose to you, Nick. We've uh, been set a bit of a showdown if both of these horses are to go there. In a week's time, George Main stakes at Randwick, Zaki versus Animo. They're not quite sure if Zaki's going to go there. Animo is almost definitely locked in for the race. But, of course, both of them are two of the country's best horses and they're both ridden religiously by James McDonald. So what do you think happens there? Who does he pick? Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure if he picks, honestly. Maybe Animo just because he's got a couple more years in him if he's going to have to make that strong decision. Not that it'll affect it too much, I believe. I don't think they'll be racing against each other too much. There's just an off off chance. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know to be honest. I think yeah, both of them on their day are real strong, but both of them can both not rock up. So who knows? Could be could be a third party for all we know. So it's however they rock up on the day. Yeah, it is it it's very gonna be very interesting come the race day. If they're both there, who's gonna win? Who's J Mac gonna be on? Personally I think he should probably go Animo. Like you said, Animo's got a few more years left in him. He's only a four-year-old. He's got the greater upside room for improvement. Zaki's potential has probably uh, already been seen. I don't think there's much more upside. We know what Zaki can do, but Animo's still coming out and producing something new every single start. Um, so, yeah, maybe J-Mac doesn't want to burn any potential bridges at Godolphin by going against Animo. Then maybe 
you know, say Tommy Berry, he's ridden Animo in the past. He comes out and blitzes them. Maybe he gets the rides in the future. And J-Max stuck off of Animo, but remains to be seen. But it's a big talking point in the racing world right now, and we're very much looking forward to hearing his decision. Um, anything else to touch on, mate, before we get into it? No, nah, let's get straight in. Oh, well, but before we get straight in, one more thing I'd like to touch on. Uh, we have added to our extensive library of places which you can find the Quaddy Potty on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's right, mate. On com.au, Blackbook is a website that is dedicated to bring you some of the best racing tips every single weekend that the horses go around the track. Yeah, that's right, mate. They're a great website, blackbook.com.au. Uh, you can also catch the odd article written by yours truly, running down some of the biggest races of the week on the website. So they'll have tips up there, horses you should be black booking, runner by runner previews. Great website, definitely check it out. Yeah, for sure. Just go to blackbook.com.au today and check it out. All right, we head into the track report, like always, before we get stuck into the tips. Uh, the Spring Racing Carnival continues in Sydney, this time we're on the Rose Hill deck. Like we uh, mentioned, the rain's been causing a bit of havoc in the weeks previous, and um, it could definitely cause havoc this week as well. There's some rain expected on Friday. Not a lot, but hopefully that doesn't change. Like we said, there wasn't a lot expected last week, and then what happened? But... um. It'll be crucial to see how the track plays on the day and whether it's in the soft or heavy range. My guess is that we'll start on a soft, if not heavy eight, and then move down from there because it's not expected to rain too much on Saturday, if at all. But yeah, just very much so important to see how it plays, but definitely be doing your form and your tips for wet horses. Um, the uh, the sorry, I was going to say the track. The rail is also out five meters for the entire circuit, so definitely watch for leaders. Could be a leaders' day out, just like we saw last week at Randwick when it was seven meters out. So yeah, definitely have a look at your leaders. Um, race one, the highway as always kicks us off fourteen hundred meters. Uh, straight to the point, Zaru. I was with it last time, and I'm happy to stick with him. Last time in at this track, could have probably won if it didn't race so keenly in the early stages. Would have burnt some petrol there, I reckon. So. Still finished off with a strong run to the line, but uh, just got done by uh, more patient horses who through the middle stages, they were nice and patient instead of over-racing. Uh, Dylan Gibbons goes on board again, and we all know much how much of a fan I am of him. And due to Gibbons' three-kilo weight claim and being an apprentice, uh, Zaru gets down to the 54-kilogram mark, and I think he'll be supremely well-weighted for that contest. $7.50 to win, $2.60 to place. Probably... The highest favourite you'll ever see out of, uh, apart from a Melbourne Cup. But uh, yeah, $7.50 to win, $2.60 each way, and he's still the favourite. So it's the best of both worlds if you're a favourite backer and you like some value. So Zaru for me in the highway. Yeah, nice work, mate. Um, I'm going to go with Dan Zadell here. $20 for the win and $6 for a place. Um, do like this horse. Um, have been watching it for a while. It's um, eight starts on the soft track with two wins and two more on the placing. So... 50% strike rate in the top three there. So, um, yeah, don't mind that for $20 price on its head and then $6 for a place as well. You can almost just back that if you're if you're not too keen. But um, overall, that looks pretty nice to me. Um, head over to race two in the 1,200-meter benchmark 72. Our favorite is Darylina Bell at $4.60. Um, but I'm going to keep it real simple here. Kips Bay for me, $5 for the win, $2 for a place. 
One last start at Gosford by 1.5 lengths and looked really well. Tried before that and absolutely pissed it in. So, um, yeah, it's going to be Kip's Bay for me. Yeah, I like your thoughts because I'm definitely going to be with Kip's Bay as well. The more I looked at him, the more I liked him. You mentioned that win. Um, that was over Laurelin, which is a, definitely a city-great horse in my mind. Went to the uh, Provincials to try and get an easy win and ran into Kip's Bay and absolutely smashed it. Um, gets a couple of kilos off now, rising in the class back to the city Saturday grade. Uh, Kobe Jennings sticks for the, a rare city rider as well, so they're jockeying how to get it done on the horse. Also, going um, back a few rides that were ran behind arbitration, which has been a tip of ours the last few weeks, so hopefully that form carries it there as well. But uh, yeah, I reckon Kiss Bay gets three wins on the bounce here, and it's at a good price, like you mentioned, of um, uh, $5 to win, $2 to place each way on Kips Bay. Uh, we move into race three, the 2,400-meter mark. This one's super interesting because we've got a lot of horses who are running really well without winning against a horse who's the favorite who can't seem to stop winning. So I'll go through who I like here. We've got First Light, last start, had a real decent run, sat on the pace, in the pocket the whole way, strong to the line. Uh, you couldn't ask for much more except for the fact that it got gapped and got gapped by quite the talented horse in uh, Borna King. But it also gapped the rest of the pack as well back to the third placing, so maybe that reads well. Uh, Oz Legend comes from the same race. He was the one that came third. And the reason he found his way so far back was because he didn't really do anything until the straight. Like, it was never winning because of that. Just massive head start, especially the way the track was playing on the day. It was never going to be in it. But the run to the line was super strong, especially the last 200. So I think if he sits closer here, he could launch over them with the extra 400 metres for sure. I think Oz Legend's the main danger in the race for me. But then we move down to the favourites. Impulsar, I mentioned, was the horse that just can't seem to stop winning. Um, last start, nothing super special to the eye in my mind, but was able to do the whole trip with wide no cover. And so I reckon you should commend him on the ability to put them away like he did with such a turn of foot when being wide the whole trip. Uh, but I'm going to be with the horse that was runner-up to him that race, Mon Felicity. It's the one I want to be with because in that run, travelled on the fence with cover the whole way, used the momentum perfectly to go around them and absolutely gapped them with the lead. It just ran into one better in Impulsa. So didn't get really the bob of the head in the day. Impulsa was able to put him away, but I think Mon Felicity is absolutely winning without, um, sorry, absolutely flying without winning. Think the win comes here today, especially since it gets J Mac on board for the first time and has a massive seven kilogram weight swing <coughs> on the favourite. Sorry, punters. So I reckon three dollars fifty to win on Mon Felicity is the bet to have in the third. I know that was a big mouthful, but Mon Felicity for me. What are your thoughts, Nick? Uh, I'm going with the other favourite, Impulsa, like you said. Um, it looks it looks too good in my eyes, honestly. So um, yeah, it's a it's. Probably a bit short, but three dollars fifty for a horse that is one two on the trot, and um, yeah, I'm going to take it in this one. Head over to race four, um, eighteen hundred meters at the benchmark seventy eight. Our favourite is Hammerin at two dollars sixty with a win last start and a trial as well. That it's just one, um, one winning by two point three lengths in its last race. And first up, um, one of my favourites, Casino Kid. Um, jockey unknown is a bit worrying for me. $13 for a win and $3.60 for a place. Not too sure why they haven't booked in um, this ride. Uh, Kalino um, did a right last, did a lot right last start. Just um, probably just had the extra weight last time and, and couldn't get it done. 
Um, not too sure. Has the same weight this week, so uh, I've I've got it written down in my notes from um last run, saying if it gets a lower weight next time, jump on. If not, then just keep watching. So um at five dollars, it's probably a bit too short with me. So um casino kid really i really want to get on it but it's really making me nervous um with no no jockey being named so um, i'm gonna go with bazooka here um a couple of mates got got some money in this horse um so i'm gonna give it a go here um had 59 kilos last start and just couldn't get it done almost got there but um yeah gets a bit of weight off this time 56 and a half for this one so 16 dollars a big big price for bazooka in the in the fourth yeah, fair enough. I was the same with uh, Xena Kid. Not sure why they haven't booked a jockey yet. So hopefully it gets a good one on and could definitely run a race at the $13 odds. So I'm definitely going to kick myself if it wins. Same goes for Kalina because I'm jumping off both of them. They're two that I usually do tip. But um, I'm going to be with Harmarin. Uh, was super in its first up run at Kensington and the races produced subsequent winners. So you think that that form would have to read good. Uh, should lead, kick, and win. Sometimes it's just that simple. I'm hoping there ends up being a bit of a leader bias and this plays into it. So $2.60 to win. Um, I'm hoping Harmarin can get it done. But like I said, if, gee, if Casino, Kid, or Kalino get up, definitely going to be kicking myself. Might even have a play at the trifecta just in case they do. Um, race 5, 1,100 metres. Tri-State, Burning Crown, and Clemenceau to be the ones to contest the lead and try and go all the way with it if the track is playing that way. Uh, Remark, it's a horse that um, we've tipped a couple times. It's a tricky one. Uh, just hasn't really lived up to its potential. Uh, but it's finally gotten the gelding, so does that turn him around dramatically? I'm not sure. Only time will tell, I guess. We'll see on Saturday. I love a first-up gelding, but I don't know if I trust this horse enough to that it's fixed his problems. So I'm going to be annoyed if it wins, and it's a major possibility, but going to jump off him here. I'm going to be on... Bacchanalia instead. Uh, it's in the widest barrier. That's the only real concern, but hopefully has the pace to settle in a prominent enough position to be close enough to uh, the speed and to run over the top of them come straight time. Um, the Mazu form held up with me when a Zapatea won for us in the first week of the potty, so I'm going to ask the same here for Bacchanalia. Hopefully the uh, the fact that it was running very close to Mazu in the autumn time will do wonders for its here. So $5.50 to win, $2 place each weight for me on Bacchanalia in the fifth. Yeah, very nice, mate. Um, I'm going to head with Remark here. Um, got a lot of time for this horse. It's in my personal black book. Um, $4 for a win on the nose is what I'll be going for it. But I've also got another black booker in this race that I might have a little cheeky each way play on. Minx moment, $16 for a win, $3.90 for a place. Um, have it down in the black book. As yeah, great turn of foot and has a lot to be the future at the twelve hundred meters I've I've written down. So let's keep an eye on Minx moment here. Yeah. So head over to race number six, <clears throat> fourteen hundred meters. Um, our favourite sorry is four dollars. Uh, place last time. Who um I've backed a couple of times. It got scrapped a couple of weeks ago. Um, Baz Quaid watched their run last start, um, third place behind Kibu and Bold Golden Mile. Um, didn't really look too impressive. That's why it's been chopped on with a with a fifteen dollar price on its head. Um, Magic raced well last time, second place um, over at Newcastle. I remember watching this race actually. 
Um, but my tip's going to be Golden Mile, second place here. Um, lost to Kabu by 2.3 lengths, but Kabu is a genuine horse that um, looked really well. But both these two horses um, gapped the gapped the field by by quite a margin. So um, $5 for the win and $2 for a place. I do not mind Golden Mile each way in the sixth. Yeah, fair enough. I like the fact that you're going off Kibu form because that's exactly what I'm doing as well with Osipenko. Um, first up, on debut, really, really good. Black booked us straight away. Um, showed a lot of talent on debut and then probably should be undefeated at two for two if it hadn't have run into Kibu at its next start. Um, similar form when it comes to your horse, gapped them in the run um, with both of them, but Kibu came out on top by a length. So... Like you think it goes a long way with uh, your horse. I think Osipenko has the exact same form. So $8 to win, $2.80 to place Osipenko each way for me in the sixth. Very. Oh, sorry for interrupting you, mate. We move into the seventh, 1,200 metre mark. It's the race of the day here. Run to the Rose Group 2 sprint for three-year-olds. Bit of a dartboard race as they all seem to be. Um... Real interesting field because we've got a few of the autumn stars stepping out for the first time, uh, such as uh, Sajardin and, most importantly, Fireburn, the Golden Slipper winner, of course, who went on to break the Slipper curse, won the next start afterwards as well. But like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I don't think it's going to have as good a spring as it did autumn. I think that uh, the subsequent runs on those heavy tracks is going to really taken a lot out of it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong. I hope it, you know, if it comes out and wins here, I'll happily admit that I was wrong, but I'm going to have to watch it do it first before it's going to have my money. I don't trust it until it happens. Um, so I don't know, tricky one. Like I said, the last time this horse was in, I don't usually like going for favorites in the three-year-old races, but I'm just going to have to be with best of Bordeaux here. Real plain, real plain first up, not going to sugarcoat it, but I think this time, J-Mac, change of tactics. I reckon he'll take him right to the front, lead, kick, dig out a win. He just has to. Or I reckon it might be group career over for this Colt, back to the benchmarks, or maybe even in the breeding barn if the ride isn't a positive one because, you know, people like um, companies like Coolmore don't have a lot of patience with their horses, especially if they've had such a good two-year-old career like this one had. They'd rather send it to the breeding barn before it hurts its breeding price anymore. So... $3.60 for me. J-Mac on board surely gets a win on best of Bordeaux here in the seventh. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going against you, mate. Fireburn for me. Um, wow, this uh, I thought this horse was very impressive um, going into into the autumn carnival, um, getting into some softer tracks, some wetter tracks that looked all right. Um, if it stays wet this weekend, even if we get a bit of rain, it's going to add a bit more confidence to me. $6 for a win for a horse that um, is, uh, in my opinion, looked very, very, very nice um, in the in the, um, in the the autumn. So $6 to this horse that is a absolute group one winner. So I don't think you'll be getting a horse that's going to be too much getting that price. So, yeah, $6 for me. Uh, Fiber, heading to the eighth, the 1,300 metre. I'm going to keep it nice and simple, and I'm sure you are too. Um, I'm going to go with Ellsberg here. Um, First up record, three from three. That's all all you need to say about it. Genuine horse. Pretty sure I was running in some group ones earlier this year, and now it's coming down to to this type of racing. Um, should absolutely smash it in. Now I'm the only one that I really 
give an opinion on is probably Jumea. Um, eight dollars fifty and two dollars eighty for a place. Don't mind an each way play there, but um, yeah, I really do like Ellisberg in this one. I think it'll be too good for the field. Yeah. Exactly right, my friend. Ellsberg all the way here. It's one of our favourite horses on this podcast. I think one of us has covered it just about every start since we started the podcast back in the uh, COVID times of 2020. Um, Like you said, was racing up in the Group 1s in autumn. Maybe he's just not up to that because he didn't really fire a shot in a couple of them. Uh, Was prominent in a couple of them, but of course finished off the uh, prep losing behind um, I'm Apache Chase up in Queensland during the winter carnival, but comes back down to Sydney where it prefers its track, loves it wet. Uh, you know, two wins at this distance, like you said, undefeated first up, um, just loves it wet as well. $3.80, I'm surprised it hasn't been marked as a favourite. And I was also going to mention the same thing about Jamea. At that price, it's very good considering it's our last start. Had better splits um, than Animo on the day when Animo won that uh, wing stakes. Jamea ran faster on the day, so... Take that information as you will. But, yeah, Ellsberg will be my main play for that race. Yeah, just can't get off that horse. 100%. Uh, We move into race nine, and this is one that I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on, Nick, because it's got a couple of the more divisive horses that we've discussed in this podcast over the last few months. Um, Well, the last few episodes that was in autumn and then now spring you know we've got espiona one that i was never really convinced of its uh, abilities you seemed to jump on it and then shades of rose which we both jumped off a couple of weeks ago and boy did it make us look silly absolutely took the pi double five and smashed it in now it's up to stakes grade i said that it'll be winning a stakes race sometime this spring but does it happen here it doesn't get jmac because it's going with with a weight that's too light Rachel King goes on board. Yes, she's in fine form, but does she have the what it takes to outrun an Espiona with J-Mac on board? We, we've seen what Espiona can do. The, that final run of the autumn was excellent on the final day of the carnival. Absolutely put them to rest the rest of the uh, field. So I don't know what to make of it. You know, I, J-Mac and Waller have both said they've never been more confident that Espiona's going to have a strong prep. They reckon she's come back brilliantly. They're going to keep her to this sort of distance the whole trip, whereas some of the other horses like Hinged and Fangirl are targeted at longer races. Espiona's going to be sticking to the sprints most likely. They're they're super confident, so I'm just going to have to trust their word. I think despite the misgivings I had about it in the autumn, I think maybe it's in for a big spring. $3.50 for Espiona. It's going to be my bet for the ninth. Wow. I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah, um, I was, yeah, go on. That's, that's wow. Yeah, I, I'm with you though. Um, yeah, great horse. Four and a half lengths put on the on the field. Um, last race of the of the carnival, like you said. Um, we'll be having a each way play on. It's me just in case. Um, I said, I said one thing about this horse, and I'm not too happy. I said, I just we want we want to see this horse win. We we love seeing this horse win. It's me, but um, I don't see it winning too many down in Sydney. It should have stayed up in Queensland and made some money, but um, yeah, in my opinion, um, it's going to be tough to win. But I'm always each way, um, but it's going to be Espiona for me in the ninth. Yeah, big big race. I'm probably most looking forward to that on the day to see if it's me is able to shape back up in Sydney against this class and yeah hopefully jumping on espiona doesn't do me a disservice and uh 
maybe I was right in the autumn, but who knows? Very keen to wait and see. Take us to the 10th, mate. Yeah, last race here, the 1500 metres, benchmark 78 to end it. Got our favourite. We've got a big field here. We've got 19 horses. Uh, Arnold's our favourite, $3.20. J Mac Waller combo. Two wins on the trot. Um, behind, in, sorry, in front of Omudji, um, as well as Speak Now, both by just over two lengths. A um, couple of couple of different horses here that I like the playoff. Uh, Mahogany last start came second behind Waterford, which was a pretty decent run in my opinion. Um, Fifteen dollars is is probably the right price for this horse, and it's probably something you could probably play at. Um, however, I'll be probably staying away with the nineteenth barrier here. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I'm going with Waterford here. $4.80 for the win. Um, maybe $2 for a place if it gets up there. Um, yeah, one last start, two weeks back. Perfect run. Um, wrote it down, said, yeah, nothing else this horse could have done wrong. Probably the race of the day in my opinion. Um, but yeah, only just won it. But yeah, just just absolutely smashed it. Came over the top. Um, and I, I really like this horse. Want to see where it goes from here. So, um, yeah, Waterford for me, Tommy Berry on board, $4.80. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, just to add to that, punters, I think it's just about the only horse that Nick has written down in our uh, big, massive database of horses that we've got rated as a 10 out of 10 run. That's how confident he was in the last run. 10 out of 10, Nico. You really thought it was that picture perfect. Yeah, honestly, uh, I watched it. I watched it over a couple of times, three or four times. To get, I looked at the other horses as well in that in that race. Perfect run by Barry. Thought it was left a little too late, but was still perfect. Jumps right over the top. Um, yeah, could oh, I thought it was amazing. Go back and watch that run if you have a chance, punters, because it's it's genuine racing right there. Three wide, no cover, just absolutely smashed it. Oh, well, fair enough. It's uh, I like how confident you are because I'm going against it, so you might make me look very silly. But I reckon this race is wide open, so why not go for a boil over? Uh, Bjorn Baker trained Omudji with Dylan Gibbons to ride. The claim gets the weight down to 57.5, which isn't terrible compared to most of the field. Uh, has the form of a second behind the favourite, Arnold, and you know Arnold's marked at, what is it, like about $3, and Omudji's up at the 23s, so... Don't know what's going on there. If it was able to challenge the favourite and it's marked up so high, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I'd rather be with that price than the short price favourite. So awkwardly drawn, but if he finds a clear under the line, the place price enough is good enough to have a slight stab at each way odds. Maybe a five each way at the $23 to win and $6 each way would be a pretty good way to end off the day. Maybe even a Quinella with a Waterford since you're so confident. But, um... Yeah, it's going to have to be Omudji for me in the get-out stakes. Very nice. All right, Nick, before we get into the uh, great tip-off, just wanted to give a quick little shout-out, of course, to our good friends at the Multi-Hub app. Yeah, mate, Multi-Hub is the ultimate punter's cheat sheet with all the necessary stats you need to know. When making your multis for the weekend, whether it be the AFL finals, the NRL finals, the EPL, and more. Yeah, definitely going to be used for the EPL a lot over the next uh, few months. I'm I'm not great with the soccer, but I'm learning. And now the EPL is kicking into high gear, definitely going to have to use that for my bets. And uh, it's going to be huge for the NFL, the NFL kicking off this weekend. So... Make sure to download it. But I was looking at this weekend's Brisbane Lions versus Melbourne Demons. 
Found a couple of leagues that the stats seem to like. Keaton Coleman uh, and Christian Salem. They're both hitting 15 touches at over an 80% hit rate. While Hugh McGluggage, he is just a measure of consistency for Brisbane this year. Usually gets 25 touches. He's fallen short a few times, but he's hitting 20 touches at 90%. So if you can get him in for 20, I reckon that's an absolute anchor for your multi-punters. So if the stats are spot on, I reckon all three of those legs should be coming in with a green tick come game time. Very, very nice. Looks like you found a couple of legs for your multis there, punters. Download the Multi-Hub app on the App Store and Google Play Store today. Nick, the great tip-off. We took a week off there last week because uh, there were no Group 1s going around, but Group 1 racing is back, and it is the last week for quite a while that we only have one race to go through, and it's the Mikaibi Diva Stakes Race 5 at Flemington if you're following along at home on whatever your bookie of choice is. But uh, let's have a look at it, Nick. Let's go through it. Take us through the field. Um, let me just grab it up just quickly. Yep. So we've got Thunderstruck at two dollars forty, our favorite. Cascadian at six dollars. Regal Power at seventeen. Um, AB Alligator Blood at five dollars. Moanga at ten dollars. Nonconformist at thirty five dollars. Western Empire at six, and She's Ideal at thirty five dollars. So um, yeah, probably the top four or five look pretty locked in, and they're pretty short priced, and um. Should be a pretty good battle, man. I'm pretty keen to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, yeah, gee. Eight horse field. They're all talented on their day. It's going to be wet as well in Melbourne. Uh, the forecast is for a bit of rain, so if it's not heavy, it'll definitely be soft. So that plays into it as well. That might bring She's Ideal into it. She's a bit of a muglark. Of course, read a very, very narrow second to very elegant on the mud in autumn. Um... I don't know, it might take some others out of the race, like Western Empire has never seen the wet. Uh, Nonconformist has never seen heavy, but has won on the soft. Mwanga doesn't love it too wet. Uh, same with Alligator Blood. We know how it goes on the wet. Gee, flashbacks back to the 2020 um, Golden Eagle. We thought it was going to absolutely smash it in, but couldn't deal with the heavy track. Uh, Regal Power, similar to Western Empire, has seen soft a bit, but never heavy. Cascadian loves the soft, so if it's wet, brings it right into it, and I'm Thunderstruck, really get it done on all decks. Uh, $2.40, real sh- real short, if I'm justified. Uh, almost won the uh, Memsey against the pattern of the day, which was, of course, leaders. Snap Dancer went on to win from the leaders' position, but that run was beautiful. That was, you know, almost picture-perfect racing. The run, barnstorming run from the back in the final 200 metres, to almost pip it on the line would have made a lot of punters happy as well. Um, considering it was such big odds, if you were on it, you would have been cheering getting it up. But honestly, a lot of these horses do come out of that race. Yeah, they get the extra 200 metres, but I don't really see any of them turning the tables on I'm Thunderstruck. Maybe Mawanga's a bit of a wild card here, considering Jamie Carr's on it. Comes down to Melbourne, even though it doesn't really go well in Melbourne compared to Sydney. And, uh, you know, after that first up run, completely ran its race in the yard. So if it bounces back here, which it's definitely capable of, it'll be very, very interesting that Jamie Carr on board is definitely a factor to look at. Cascadian, like I mentioned, one of the few horses that do like it wet. So um, came home third just behind. (laughs) I'm Thunderstruck as well. Um, 
yeah, so at $6, that's probably the value bet of the race. But honestly, like I said, I don't think I see anything turning the tables on I'm Thunderstruck, especially from that first barrier. Should push forward, get a prominent spot, maybe cross heels and work to the outside, come straight time and just put the foot down, press the button at the right time, Mark Zara, and absolutely uh, smoke them home in the straight. So I'm going to have to be with the favourite. I'm Thunderstruck. I don't care that it's that short. I know it won't give me as many points, but it doesn't matter if you're getting points if you're picking winners. So I'm Thunderstruck for me in the Maccabi Diva. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm on it as well. I think it's an absolute winner. 1,500 metres where it came second last start. If it's a 1,600-metre race, um, yeah, it's a winner. So, yes, extra 100 metres is just going to benefit this horse. Um, I'm going to have a lot of lot of multis into this guy. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. He's going big. Are you going to be able to tell us one around, around the grounds? What other horses do you reckon you're chucking in for a multi with I'm Thunderstruck? I've already put one on for us with our bonus bet that we were given from Sportsbet. Um, it's a four, oh, yes. four, four leg place multi. Um, Bermudez over at Flemington. I'm Thunderstruck, obviously. Fireburn and Ellsberg all to place. Um, $20 bonus bet. And I think a ch- cheeky 150 get it out of it. So not too bad. Ooh. So Ellsberg, I'm Thunderstruck. Fireburn and Bermudez. The only one that I haven't tipped is uh, uh, Fireburn because I'm going to be on uh, Bermudez. Spoiler alert for the around the ground section. Uh, should we head there now? Or do you want to touch on anything else for the Group One race? Nah, it's all just get straight into the around the grounds. Okay, mate. You take us through your around the ground tips. Let's see who you've found. Um, got a couple actually over in Melbourne. Um, let me just let me just pick them up. Um, race number seven, I believe it is. Sorry, flying mascot number six, uh, four dollars eighty for me. Um, looks really nice. Also, in the one after that, you've got the astrologist at eleven dollars. I'm not sure if that'll be in yours, but um, yeah, it's definitely going to be in mine. So eleven dollars for sta- um for the astrologist. Sorry, and then my last one in uh, race number nine. Just before I get into this one. Can I just say I can't believe I'm the one the one tip I missed for Aussie Nugget. Yep. Winner. I was gonna he, remind you. Yeah, I had a feeling that was coming. Yeah, I'll bring it up myself. Not too happy about it, but it is what it is. So we get into the last race for me. Um Aussie Panko, six dollars fifty and two dollars forty, Ben Mellum, Chris Waller on board. That'll be mine for the around the grounds. Yeah, before we move on, um, I'll be on Osipenko as well if it doesn't race in Sydney. Of course, that was my Sydney tip, but if it uh, decides to go to Melbourne instead, I'll be on it. But uh, yeah, if Aussie Nugget wasn't the uh, big reminder to everyone that you need to back your black book no matter what, there it is. Nick's tipped at every single start since the podcast has begun, and I think it won a couple of times early days, but hasn't won since. Has been racing at like $20 odds, never getting up finally jumps, finds a winnable race and gets up. I remember texting you last week and you were sourced, quite sourced. And I go, do you realise what just happened? And you had no idea. And when I told you, you sounded pretty bloody devo, mate. Yeah, I don't remember that. But, um, (laughs) yeah, it is what it is. Oh, well, let's see if I can find some in my black book because I'm making sure to tip them. Um, 
I've got one that actually comes courtesy of my uh, lovely girlfriend, Claire Winter. She uh, loves a good roughy tip, and she sent me one of her black books she's real confident on in the first at Flemington, El Padrino. And I'm um, liking the way she thinks because uh, I do love the Sydney form, always back in Sydney horses when they go down to Victoria. Um, doesn't like, um, sorry, doesn't mind the wet as well. Only ever seen wet tracks, so we know it will be able to deal with the conditions. Ben Mellon on board. Um, the race that he was in last start at Mooney Valley uh, with Fast Witness winning, the, uh, the form has been franked. It's had subsequent winners come out of it. $20 to win, $5 to place. Bit of a roughie to upset those short favourites. So if that gets up, you owe my girlfriend a beer. Um, what else have I found? I uh, haven't found anything up in Queensland. Just sticking the Caulfield here. In the third race, I've got Bubble Palace. It's a black booker. All the comment says is that it's a serious horse. Smash them both starts. So at $11 to win, let's hope he does that again. Uh, fourth race, got Bermudez, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, the $4.40 looks great considering it loves the track, loves the first up run. Soft tracks does it as well. Surely it wins. Um, as you mentioned, the Astrologist, I definitely have it in the eighth. Um, at the uh, $11 mark, looks great for it. Also going to be playing Swats That. If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, you know how much I love Swats That, especially down the Flemington Strait. Both horses love the Flemington Strait, so I think they could run a very cheeky Quinella here if they get the chance. And maybe even a trifecta with shooting for gold as it's coming off a strong win. But uh, yeah, that's all for me and around the grounds. Except for the fact... I went and had a look, Nick. What did you say that uh, the, the sports bet multi was paying? Was it about $8? Correct. Yeah, well, I've found also if you're shopping around and looking for better odds, I've found on Ladbrokes, they've got $8.30 uh, and Dabble, $8.52. So if you run, you can get it better odds somewhere else. But yeah, very good multi. I like the sounds of it. Bermuda's to place, I'm Thunderstruck to place, Ellsberg to place, and Fireburn to place. Um, we'll head into the quaddy. Uh, last week we were very off base with the quaddy, that's for sure. With the, the way the track was playing, definitely didn't have Knight's Order in it and definitely didn't have um, the winner in the last either. Uh, but this week in the seventh, we've got Best of Bordeaux, Fireburn, Sajardin, and In Secret. Race eight, we've got Al Ellsberg, Jamey, Mr. Mozart, and Kiku. Who have we got in the last two? Shades of Rhodes, Espiona, It's Man, Bella Nipitina. Race 10, we got Owen Mudgy, Waterford, Arnold, and Mahogany. 50 bucks gets you 19.5%, just the usual for us. Yeah, back to the four horses each race this week due to the uh, big fields and big potential to get some value up. So hopefully we can hit our first quaddy of the spring. Hopefully it's not a, another huge run of one-leg losses. But um, apart from that, Nick, anything to, head, um, sorry, anything to mention before we head to the sign-off? I'm easy. Um, enjoy the week, lads. Um, good luck with all the racing. Um, yeah, nothing for me. What do you want to say, mate? I want to say, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure to give us a follow if you're on SoundCloud or Spotify or a subscribe if you're on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. Check us out on blackbook.com.au or stridle.com.au. Um, and above all else, give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And tell your friends about us, of course. As I say every week, the more people that listen to us, the biggest, the bigger we're going to grow. And we're definitely planning on bringing you plenty of content the bigger we grow throughout the spring. Hopefully, maybe some interviews along the line, maybe even a cheeky punters club later in the spring. Who knows? But uh, as long as you tell your friends about us, the bigger we will grow and the more stuff like that we will be able to bring to you on a weekly basis. So 
Make sure above all else, when you're gambling this week, make sure to gamble responsibly, and we will see you back here next week. See you, lads. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes...